Hey, it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything With Me podcast, and you're listening to Beautiful Feet. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and review their podcast, and enjoy the show. This is the Beautiful Feet podcast, a partnership with BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. My name's Anthony. And I'm Jessica. And this week, um, we're going to have a really good discussion on a show that came out about 2003 called True Calling. <clears throat> but before we go into that, we wanted to go ahead and just go over a few prayer requests that we have. Um, Jessica, what are some of the prayer requests that you have this week? How are you doing? Um... I feel like my anxiety has gone, like I've had a really good week this week as far as mm-hmm. not freaking out too much. I know I've definitely had um, moments where we just had to stop and take a breath, but we worked through it. So I feel like that's definitely a praise. That's a great thing. Yes, that is awesome. Anything else? She's focused on the cat. <laughs> Sorry, my kitten is over here like vying for my attention. Um, no, I think the the real focus is your prayer request. So, my prayer request is right now I'm at my job, or I'm not currently at my job, but in my job, I'm actually looking um, for a promotion in my job, so I'm applying for that. I've already sent the application, uh, they gave me a questionnaire, and I've filled that out. Next, um, I'm on set to go ahead and set up an interview time. I have not been contacted for that, but I have been told that uh, that's coming. They just had to do a review of my uh, application. So we're just going to keep praying for that. Um, before we jump into the podcast, I did want to give a big shout out to our podcast community that we're really starting to build here. Um, how do you think the podcast is going so far? Honestly, I think it's going great. I'm really um, just overwhelmed by just the amount of positive support that people have given us and in their feedback and just the comments that they've given us is given us sorry it's just very refreshing to hear people say like hey we're really encouraged by what you're doing like this is specific things that we enjoy uh, most notably about how we take the word and we make it um, we make it something that is more relatable to our current life situation yeah uh and that's really our goal all along um now i also want to give a big shout out we have a a podcast community that i'm in communication with throughout the week um where we just encourage each other we give each other advice we um just share our episodes with one another and we even started promoting each other's episodes on other people's social media so i want to give a big shout out to that uh, community just because i'm so thankful for that uh but we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and transition from our prayer which we'll dig into later let's go ahead and talk about true calling so jessica we're, we're going over true calling what is true calling okay um true calling True is T-R-U. 
because the true stands for this young woman whose name is True Davies. And she is a recent college graduate. She's working on going into medical school. She's 22 years old. And she ends up in the pilot episode, you see that the internship that she thought she was going to have fell through, so she ends up working in the morgue. Pause. So, for a little bit of background, this is not a new show. This show actually came out in 2003. Um, and anyone who's a fan of, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I'm a huge fan of, uh, they will recognize the main character in this. She played Faith in True Calling. Oh, not in True Calling, but in Buffy. In um, True Calling, she plays True. Um, her name's Elijah Dushku, and she was awesome. And anyway, so... Yeah, it came out in 2003. It actually came out the season, like, the season after Buffy had ended. So... Um, that it was one of those things that after Buffy ended I was able to pick this show up and the show unfortunately only ran for two seasons I believe it was canceled but I don't pay attention to ratings I don't pay attention to anything like that so I don't know how well it was doing but let's talk about the premise of the show so you had already said she goes to uh, work in a morgue why did she, you said she went to go to work in the morgue because um, her internship fell through? What happens at the morgue? What makes this this job so special and unique to her? Well, to really understand her character, we have to go back in her life to her childhood um, with the unfortunate passing of her mother. And yeah, you, go ahead. You see that as they're at the f funeral. It looks like True's mother is calling to her in almost like a hurried whisper, but to let her know that everything is going to be okay and that it's not her fault. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, in this in the first episode, actually it's one of the first seasons of uh, scenes of the show. True actually sees her mother get murdered. At I think she was 11, 12 years old, somewhere in that realm. Um, that's got to be traumatic. Uh, but basically, because of this, um, I feel like True has always always had like a connection with the concept of death. Um, and you're going to see that play out in the show. And so she goes, you know, fast forward 10 years, she's 22, just graduated college, trying to get into med school, ends up getting the job at the morgue, uh, where she meets her boss and co-worker named Davis. Not Davies, like her last name, which was confusing to me at first. She's Davies, he's Davis. So, and let's break down his character real quick. His character, how would you explain Davis? Um, Davis is the type of person who is just very serious about things. He's always going to be punctual. He takes his job seriously. He's also, he keeps his cards very close to his chest as far as his personal life. Yeah, they they don't find out until season two or the end of season one that whether his name, his first name is Davis or his last name. Like he really just does not talk about his personal life. 
But he's um, he's not ahead. a crabby character. No, he's, he's fine. He's very warm. He's very welcoming. He's very caring. But again, he's just he's just very business oriented. Like this this is his profession. And you also get the the vibe from him. Um, he's not very good at socializing. He he doesn't like small talk, which is why he's so business oriented. He's very nerdy. He loves X-Files and anything having to do with sci-fi. He loves that. And a sidebar, uh, the character Davis is actually played by uh, Zach Galifianakis, which you guys may know from the Hangover movies, dude with the big bushy beard. Same guy. But he's entire, He's not funny in this show. Like He's not meant to be funny, but he's funny. Um, it's very awkward. So... She starts working at the morgue. Let's let's. A body comes in. They start showing her the ropes on what to do. What happens? Now, when the bodies come in, they're obviously like in a bag, and then they open up the bag. They kind of go over their name. What happened? As they're going through this person's like personal effects, looking, do they have a watch? Do they have a wallet? All of this stuff. The corpse turns and says to true in a very animated to her audible whisper help me and then here's where it gets interesting out of nowhere you're gonna see the scene change and it's almost like a rewind so it's almost like back in the old school days when you had vhs and you would rewind the tape and you would watch it rewind and you would see everything happening in reverse you have that effect happen. And all of a sudden, True wakes up at the same time that you see her wake up in the beginning of the episode. Um, and this is referred to as reliving days. And I think sometimes they call it a rewind day also. Mm-hmm. Um, Usually I think that's what her brother calls it. Yeah. And we'll get into her brother's business in a moment. Uh, but um, essentially what happens is she discovers that she has this gift to when the body asks for help she has the gift where it rewinds the day and she takes the knowledge that she learned whether through examining the body speaking with people or whatever it may be to try to save this person's life and i'm just going to go ahead and say it sometimes she succeeds other times she doesn't but I don't know about you guys, but this is creepy beyond belief, but it was one of the things that kind of hooked me as a young kid, and even now, into the show. Um, And you look like you're about to say something. No? Well, I need you to say something. Okay. Okay. So, she's starting to fade, I can see it. So, the day starts to rewind. Basically, we're not going to go over the whole first episode, we're just going to talk basic over the theme of the show and again she does all these different things to make sure that the person survives well and also what she does too is she's very mindful of their time of death to know okay this is where we found the body so i need to do my best to kind of keep them away from that area or person if they know who happened to kill them Mm mm-hmm and, and at the same time, she's taking care of her brother. Her brother's name is Harrison, and 
he's kind of one of those I like to gamble I like to um, bet on like horse races I'm not really fiscally responsible um, so she's always kind of having to get him out of a jam as well well and one of the things that is really prevalent especially in the first few episodes when they're setting the stage for how these characters interact with each other like those dynamics is you see how true and Harrison and then their other sister Meredith Meredith how Meredith isn't in the show too long actually how these three siblings cope with and deal with the death of their mother well not only the death of their mom but their dad after the the death of their mom he became very distant and he actually um, started seeing another woman and kind of just left his kids in the dust. Uh, you know, so it was, there was not a whole lot of communication between dad and, and children from that point on. So there's a lot of animosity there. Yes. Um, and even re-watching it now, like, there's certain things that I could relate to. And then there's certain things that I'm like, I remember feeling that way at one point in time in my life. So, you know... I get, I get where they're coming from. And I like the fact that they put that in the show. Well, and because Harrison is the younger brother, like he was saying. The only brother. Um, but in birth order, he yeah, is the he's youngest. the youngest child. Harrison, Harrison's lifestyle is very nonchalant. He doesn't really care all that much about his future. But I feel like, honestly, it's because he has like a low self-confidence. He tries yeah. to... He tries to have an inflated sense of self a little bit to, to make up for that. But we do see that he likes to gamble. He likes to bet on the well, horses. He doesn't really have a steady source of income. He doesn't have any income through most of the show. And, uh, he know. does rely on True to always be there to bail him out. And, uh, and even in later in the show, you, you start to see when they do finally connect with their parents or with their dad, um, you start to see this... Uh, He's longing for his dad's attention. So I think all those little actions are kind of him trying to grasp at other people, you know, to get attention, you know, because um, responsible people don't tend to get people's attention. So well, we also see True's best friend, Lindsay, becomes one of Harrison's love interests. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, and I'm going to keep kind of connecting all these people to different shows. Um, she's on uh, Criminal Minds. Who does she play on Criminal Minds? Uh, she plays JJ. JJ. I was like, I know her name's a, like an initial, but I know her real name's an initial too, so I didn't want to mix those up. Her real name's AJ Cook. Yeah. And I was like, I, so apparently she just likes initials. Anyway, uh, but she's actually one of my favorite characters in the show, even though she's kind of a side character. Um, but let's get back into this reliving of days, and, and why is this important? So... Davis is actually in on the fact that True relives days. He knows about it, and then later on, Harrison also becomes aware of this fact. And it's cool because they kind of start to form a team where while True is, you know, maybe trying to help the victim, she's calling Davis and saying, hey, um, yesterday they found poison in, in this individual system, and he's researching it and saying oh it was actually this so it could have come from this um so they have that support system and in certain moments true actually has to rely on harrison b 
because he holds a certain skill that she may not. So there's that area of teamwork, which is really great to see. Now, midway through the season, we have a new season one. We have a new character come in named Jack. Before we get into Jack, what was your first impression of Jack, played by Jason Priestley? Okay, so um, true. There's also another man who works at the morgue, and his name is Luke. And oh yeah, forgot about Luke. True and Luke had had kind of a relationship going on, and it looked like it was getting broken off. And enter Jack's character. So as soon as Jack came on the screen, I thought, oh, okay, here's her next love interest conveniently at work for her. His personality is unique as well because it's kind of a jerk, but at the same token, he's super nice. So you get this fake vibe to him. At least that's what I get. Well, because I feel like True and Jack, they don't have a lot of trust there. So I feel like Jack is trying to use Harrison to get to True because he does befriend Harrison and they go to the track together and, and... that's just kind of their dynamic, you know? Mm-hmm. Because Jack does seem to have more of, like, not unlimited funds, but definitely more funds available than Harrison does. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, we, we kind of get this idea of who Jack is, and sometimes I really like his character, sometimes I just can't stand his character. Uh, and again, True is very secretive. Which kind of is what causes the ruffles between her and Luke. Because she's off trying to save people and she's not telling him. Uh, So he starts to think either she's cheating or she's not interested or whatever the case. And she's not. She's determined to save this person's life. And Luke is a very handsome boyfriend. Yeah, I think Jessica's exact words were, oh my god, he's good looking. Because he is tall, he has dark hair, he's got blue eyes, he looks like Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid, like, come to life. I'll say this, whoever, I forget who plays that character, his eyes are phenomenal. I don't know if they, like, did them in post or whatever, but dude's eyes are, like, pools of water. I don't know. So, that's saying a lot. Um, But, there is some, some tension in their relationship. At one point in time, they do break up. But there's always, and we all know this with our favorite TV shows, there's always that hope of they keep passing each other in the hallway, they keep having the awkward conversation, they're probably going to get back together at least one more time. Um, Now remember, this show did only last two seasons, so there's not a whole lot of room to play. So right now, what is the, what's the vibe you're getting from the show? I feel like True right now is having to handle so many different types of responsibilities because she's just begun auditing at medical school, so like her teacher is not really taking her seriously because he mm-hmm. doesn't see her as an actual student. Yeah, he keeps talking to her like she's uh, inept. So she has this pressure to not only succeed, but to probably overachieve just because she knows that Davis had to work really hard so that she could audit these classes. Yes, and uh, you'll learn, she's, I mean, we've learned already, she's a natural-born overachiever, um, probably because she's like that middle child who always gets forgotten. 
Um, and she's always having to, to save everybody and help everybody. She's literally saving lives on a regular basis. I don't want to say daily because even they admit on the show it doesn't happen all the time. Um, and that was going to be my next point. Like, in addition to school, she has her work, but also as a part of her work, she is consistently, like, constantly reaching out to other people and always putting their needs above her own. Like, you never see True just taking a spa day. And even on the episodes where she's like, I just want a day to myself, I just want to... Like, there's the, ho- not the Halloween episode, the Valentine's Day episode. Why do I never get Valentine's yeah, Day right? never do. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's the Valentine's Day episode where she's like, I just want a weekend with me and Luke, and we're just going to kick it. A body asks for her help. The Davy whines, and she's back to doing what she does best. So she's got work. She's got school. She's got her family. She's got the possibility of having a boyfriend. Yeah, I mean... It- Let's face it, they do get to a relationship status in the in the first season, and that's when it starts getting shaky because he wants it to be serious. She does, but because of this calling that she has on her life, it, it's just not working out. Now, that's, that's just the beginning, but let's pause there for a second, and let's relate this to our faith, and how does this at that point in time, relate to our faith. Well, true, we see that she has such a compassionate heart. She's always looking out for the needs of others above herself. Mm-hmm. And I think as Christians, that is our calling to be compassionate toward people, to be loving toward people. Um, but I will say, the Bible speaks on it a lot, this idea of, of, of bringing people to Jesus, who is our Savior, right? So in sense, like, there is that save me moment. You know what I mean? And doing, and living out a life of ministry. And I feel like we all know people. We all have friends. There's all, there's always someone close to our hearts where we don't know if they're saved. But my mom always says that sometimes your life is the only gospel that people are going to have an interaction with. And so, in that comparison between the faith of the Christian life and what we see in, in true, it's that urgency to go, okay, I'm going to do my best to authentically live out the gospel and save this person without forcing them. Because again, true never forces anyone to do anything. All she does is speak to them and go, hey, you know, let me be a part of your life. And by doing that, she actually is able to save their life. Well, we see that True always has compassion for others. She she listens to their stories. She gets involved and invested in their lives. She she takes the time to know who these people are, and she shows them that she cares. Honestly, I feel like that's something that we, even as Christians, as non Christians, just as people in general, like we could do better at that. Just showing people that we care about them. Absolutely. Now. Toward the end of the first season and going into season two, we have an adversary come up for True. Who is that? That is also Jack. And I was like, okay, I'm a little confused now, but we're going to so, go with it. So basically, when her Davy whines, his Davy whines. And at first they thought this would be a great, like, oh, his Davy whines also. 
he also wants to save their life. But we quickly realize he's doing the opposite. He looks at it from the standpoint of they were meant to die. I'm, I don't take pleasure in this, but I'm keeping things in order. True looks at it saying they've asked for help. They were not meant to die. Therefore, they, they're constantly going head to head. And with that revelation, we also had another revelation about True's mom. True's mom was able to do what True did. Her daily round, she tried to save lives. And one of the lives that she saved was Davis's life. Which is why when, she, when he, Davis found out that True did this, he believed it. And not only did, you know, did uh, True's mom do this, but True's dad did it too, but he was the one trying to keep order and make sure the person died. So in this dynamic, Jack has the same gift as True's father. True has the same gift as her mother. So Jack and her dad are, I don't know, like they... Essentially working together. Yeah, they uh, they end up having some, some actual meetings where it's like, hey, so how'd it go today? Because they're trying to discourage True from following this pursuit of trying to help these people. Yes, because in their mind, they're following the natural order of things. They're not killing anybody. They, they were meant to die. In True's mind, they asked for help. Therefore, they're not supposed to die. Because she's been around bodies that do not ask for help because it was their time. Um, or we've seen a few bodies where they don't say, save me. They'll be like, save her or save him. So this person wants another person that they know to be spared. Now, can we can we talk about that episode? The one with the doctor? Yeah. Okay. I just want to focus on this one episode. So, was he a doctor? Yes, he was. He was a doctor who had died. And when he asked for help, he said, save them. The Davy whines, he dies still because Jack gives them the wrong directions of where he died. And then they did, you know, they did the autopsy and realized he died of a heart attack. There was no saving him. Like, they had minutes. Even if they got to the right place, he was going to die. True thinks through it and goes, okay, he said save them. She starts getting involved with the, the family's life, meaning the people who he worked with, the people he helped tutor uh, his, her the, the doctor's son, the son was not, I mean, he was like, my dad never loved me. My dad never cared. Why would I care now? The son was very cold when they approached him and said like, hey, you know, we need someone to identify the body. And he was like, yeah, I'm not going to help you. And so the whole time True is sitting there just trying to figure out like, who is she supposed to save? Was somebody supposed to like, was somebody, did somebody die that was not supposed to? Um, but, and, and I don't want to like give the whole episode away, but at the end of the episode, they, they get the son to agree, like, so before we get there, his, the doctor's co-worker who went like, I think it was a receptionist or something of that nature. She was actually in love with the doctor, just never had, she never told him. And... The doctor was tutoring a young student in, in, in uh, the medical field. 
So they became friends, the receptionist and the, the, the young student, because of the death. They had connected. And then True is at uh, the doctor's house. The receptionist is there helping to arrange the funeral and all that stuff. Well, they enter into like a, I'm going to say a dining room. Yeah. For lack of uh-huh. a better term. A and very, very large dining it, room, but... It, fit, it From the look of it, it looked like it fit Jessica's mom's house in this <laughs> dining room. But again, it's TV. Everyone's got big houses for some reason. Janitor down the street's got a big house. We don't know why. Anyway, um, now the son, his job was he was an artist. I don't know if his job, but his passion was to, be, to make art. But according to him, his dad hated art, didn't want anything to do with it. He wanted his son to follow in his footsteps, and he didn't. Well, back at the house, they enter into this dining room, and everything you see is the son's art. Because he's been buying it secretly for years. And obviously, when the son realizes this, he's just overcome with emotion. Mm-hmm. So much emotion. And, and True realized, like, that's, those were the people she needed to save, not necessarily from death, but simply to let them know they weren't alone. It's almost like she's trying to give them another chance at living their life. And family, and, and live, yeah, living their life. And that's probably one of my favorite episodes, as far as just all around story. It was amazing. Well, just because you see how this one person, this one doctor, he touched so many people's lives in a positive way. Yeah. It's a beautiful episode, but, um, and we're, yeah. Okay, so moving on. I, I don't want to, again, I didn't want to get too wrapped up in the episode. Um, now, moving forward a little bit, we have Jack. He wants to keep the order um, true. She wants to save lives. We have this good and bad, or opposing forces, for, for a better term. Again, let's relate this to our faith. How does this remind you of our faith? I can tell you how it does mine, but... Well, going back to this concept of the balance between good and evil, that's a very almost like, hey, Star Wars kind of a thing, too. Yeah. Um, and... We know that God works everything together for good for the people who love the Lord. Like, that's a promise from Scripture. I think it's Romans 8, 28. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we know that as long as what we're doing is what God wants for us to be pursuing and not just doing with our lives, but, like, in our thought lives, like, thinking about things, what to focus on, all of those attributes that... Um, God has told us, hey, like, these are valuable. That's the good that we need to hold on to. But on the other side of that coin, for lack of a better way to put it, there are bad things that sometimes can be alluring and we have mm-hmm. to learn to identify, okay, this is not something that God will want us to focus our thoughts on or be doing with our lives. Yeah. like. With our and, actions and time. And I, I like for me as I'm watching this show again as a Christian who wants to go into ministry, like I'm I'm realizing that I'm watching true and I'm relating 
very much to her character because like there's a reason why I want to go into ministry. It's not just a job. It's it's a calling. And that's why the show is called True Calling, right? Like because she's called to this job. She didn't really choose it. Um and but but she she, she performs the job with such passion. Like I said, she's caring, she's loving, but at the same time she's always in an urgency to save lives. I think as a Christian, our, like we've all seen Christians who go to church, but they're so uh, lukewarm that like you don't even know that they're a Christian. Well, and honestly, when you're in the workplace, that is a place where like we can intentionally choose to live our lives in such a way that people can come to us and be like, "Hey, there's you know, something different about yeah. you." Yeah, like, and what is it that makes that difference? Yeah, and. And I think for me, I've always been passionate about, I want to see people know who God is so that God can speak to them so that God can, you know, reach them and, and, you know, help them to really know who they are. Um, Now, Jack's character, he always reminds me of just the world around us who's constantly like, hey, like trying to discourage us or trying to... um, misdirect us most of the time so that we're not following God's plan. Well, and also one major difference between True and Jack is that True has this support system. She has this network of family and friends that she can rely on. Jack really just has uh, the dad's character. And the dad, the whole show, he's very cold. Most of his sentences are three to five words. So basically Jack just has himself to rely on. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I just think when you're passionate about something the way true is, you're going to push yourself, um, hopefully not to the brink of like exhaustion, but hopefully you'll push yourself so that you're getting as much, um, done or, um, you know, you're, you're, you're succeeding as much as possible. She wants to save lives and she's passionate about it because she knows what it's like to watch a loved one die her mom and luke you know what i mean so she has that fire in her to go you know what i'm gonna i'm going to approach this with as much gusto as i can and for those of you who might be new to us here at beautiful feet entertainment one of the things that we really enjoy doing is being able to sit and watch movies or tv shows movies especially to go to the movies, say in the afternoon, and then just have a dinner and just sit and dissect the movie and just talk for two, maybe three hours about what we just saw. So that's why doing, um, talking about True Calling and all of these other things is really important to us because that's honestly what built our relationship. And one thing that I've always noticed is we never just was like, oh, that was a good movie. Here's a few things that I noticed. It always dug into like life lessons. It always dug into comparing with our, our ministry and going, hey, like this is what it reminded me of scripturally, or li- this is a life lesson that I think we should implement so that we don't have to learn the hard way. Because I love, that's one thing I've always loved about TV and movies is you have the opportunity to tell people something they may already know, but they're not acknowledging. 
And obviously there are some things where we don't pull life lessons from them. We watch them sheerly for entertainment value and there's nothing wrong with that either. No, not at all. Um, but and insofar as trying to relate the media that we watch back to our faith, that's important to us because we do want to be mindful of what we're engaging in our entertainment. Absolutely. Um, so before we go ahead and, and take a quick break, is there anything about True Calling that you really wanted to speak on, talk about, or anything else? Is there any other things we need to jump into? I think the thing that I like the most about this show is just to watch her, um, just as this young woman trying to navigate all these different facets of her life, whether it's the time at her work or the fact that she's reliving a day or hanging out with her best friend like in some ways she's just a normal 22 year old girl and then there's the fact that like oh hey a dead body talked to me yeah and again i think for me my love for it goes a little deeper one because i watched it when it first came on tv and i remember so like you know how they have the episodes where it's kind of supposed to be a cliffhanger and you're like what did i just see i was there hanging off that cliff going, did I literally just hear what I, you know what I mean, what happened? And Whereas you're watching it and you're like, okay, we can move on to the next episode and find out what happened. Yeah, I get the benefit of the binge watch. Yes. Um, other than that, I think, I mean, it's a great show. Go ahead and I would, I would recommend checking it out. Um, and, you know, I think if you really, I mean, I think we could really dig deeper, but I don't think we need to. I think we've really dug you know, pretty well um, into the show. Go ahead, take watch it, take a look, see what you guys like about it, and you know, let us know. I was just gonna say, please, like, if you liked it, let us know why. If you didn't like it, let us know why, because we really want to hear from you. And be respectful. Like, you know, we don't we don't need rude comments. Just be respectful. Um, Anything anything else before we jump into commercial? No, I think we covered it. Again, just thank you so much for listening, and we just really appreciate your support. All right, when we come back, we're jumping into Axe. We have to go ahead and look and see what chapter that is, but we're jumping into Axe when we come back. Um, yeah, we'll be right back with you. Welcome back to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Uh, this is the section of the podcast where we go ahead and we go over scripture. We're currently going over the book of Acts. Uh, we're going into Acts chapter 11, is that correct? Yes, yes, that's correct. Alright, sounds good. So, I do want to remind you, this is not a substitute for the Bible. This is strictly us just sharing our views and our thoughts on the Bible. We hope you're reading along. Uh, but, Jessica, could you do just a brief uh, recap of chapter 10? So, in chapter 10, I'm going to flip my page here. In chapter 10 is where we see Cornelius, and he wants to go to have Peter um, be brought to him. So he sends out his men, and they go to Peter, and Peter has this vision where three different times he sees something that looks like um, a very large sheet or a cloth come down from heaven, and there's all these different kinds of animals in it. And so Peter is told to kill and eat them. But Peter is like, no, I've never eaten anything that's unclean in my life. 
And so the Lord basically says, don't call what I have made clean or pure, impure or unclean. And from this series of events, Paul is, um, or Peter, I'm sorry. Peter comes to the realization that the gospel needs to be taken to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And so that is what happens after he goes to um, Cornelius's house. Yeah. Like he's able to be there and he's able to share the story of Jesus with them. And then also during that time, the Holy Spirit is there with them as well. So what we're going to see uh, in chapter 11 we're going to kind of build off of that and we're really going to start to see it um, really take shape in the church and what that looks like. Uh, the first section of chapter 11, um, basically it's it's Peter kind of speaking to the church, right? Because he kind of gets in some hot water for, for this newfound uh, belief. Would that be correct? Well, I feel like the... the... The objection towards Peter was not really toward his beliefs. It Mm -hmm. was actually toward the fact that he went into the house of an uncircumcised man and ate with the people who were there. Yeah, and and so they kind of start to um, question Peter's motive and and his understanding of, of the gospel. There's a specific verse. Do you remember what that verse was that we were like, hey, we're going to pinpoint this verse? Um, yes. It's Acts chapter 11, and then I think what we wanted to start with was 15 to 18. And Peter is talking about himself. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Then I remember what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. I think um, verse 17 was really the one that we wanted to highlight. Yeah, and and what I like about this section or this verse is, again, he's standing before um, these men of the church uh, or the synagogue, and they're kind of, again, they're they're allowing their legalism to kind of cloud their judgment and cloud their mind. And they're going, how dare you, like, you know, be amongst a Gentile, somebody who's not of Jewish um, heritage, and how how dare you like commune with them? And he's saying, you know what? God has opened to me that He's gonna start to give them the Holy Spirit the same way He gave it to us. And if God is opening that door, who am I to stand in the way or to be opposed of that? And I think as a church now, like we don't have this. Um, this kind of division in too many places, but it still is still is part of our culture. Does that make sense? Well, and I just think it's an interesting distinction to make. Like, oh, how dare you, you eat or socialize with these people 
Whereas, if you look at the life and ministry of Jesus, that was pretty much his prime motivation was to be like, yes, I'm going to be with the people that you deem socially outcast or unworthy. There, there are so many scriptures in the Old Testament, okay? The Old Testament where God, um, base, but God says, I'm going to bring all people together. And that's just an honest truth that Jesus is now bringing into fruition where it's like, you know what? He didn't just come for Jewish people. He didn't just come for Gentiles. He wants to bring everybody together because when everybody's together is when God is most glorified because he created all these people and he created their differences as well. Uh, I actually spoke about that in uh, our junior high today because I got to lead communion and I was speaking about how a lot of times we as people we separate ourselves because of a something that makes us unique right we kind of feel inadequate or we don't belong within our peer group uh, but God actually gives us our u- uniqueness to glorify him so because it actually benefits all of us when we combine uh, and that's what we're seeing in the scripture here the Jews and the Gentiles are now able to serve the same God with the same Holy Spirit because God has now opened this new door, so to speak. Well, and now um, you're also going to see the church open up to more growth and expansion outside of Jesus' initial areas of ministry. Yeah, and, and Jesus actually spoke to the disciples and says, you know what, what I've done, you're going to do greater things. Um, so there was kind of that expectation of like, you're going to reach parts of the world that I never physically stepped foot in. You're going to reach people that I never physically spoke to and, and my name will be glorified. And that's such a beautiful thing because it, it allows us to reach those parts of the world that most people think of as, like you said, unworthy or, uh, you know, just kind of you know counterintuitive like we don't need them well and now with having the gift of the holy spirit also being expanded that's going to help grow the church as well because it's going to allow people to communicate with one another and just to grow spiritually within the church body yeah and and why is that important to grow within the church body well it's going to be important especially for the early church because they do have such a sense of community Mm -hmm. that's forming and then for us today it's important to grow as a part of the church body because that way you like when you have a life of faith you know you don't have to go through life alone and there are those times where you will struggle but just having that support system around you to to help you um that's very beneficial and then like say you're not the person struggling but you know someone who is you can bring them to that level of like hey there are people who care about you yeah um so so i think that's our biggest life you know our biggest kind of takeaway at this point is you know are we looking at the people even though they're different from us or maybe culturally they're they're distant from us are we seeing them as people who are created uh, by God um, in the image of God? 
You know what I mean? And they're still uh, worthy of that gift. Well, and I know um, one of my new co-workers, she and I have talked about Christianity, and she was talking about the concept that she really embraces the fact that all are welcome at Christ's table. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that goes into the community aspect of things. Community aspect of things is that no matter what your your background is, your age, your social class, like we all have a place in community with one another because in Jesus, the kingdom, yeah. Jesus died for everyone. He didn't just die for a specific group of people or you know, like hey, subculture. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, that's my favorite thing because I definitely came from a subculture where I would have been the outcast, right? If it was the church culture and the subculture, I'm definitely of that subculture. Um, we would have not been looked at. I mean, compared to some of the churches that we, you and I have discussed, I would not have been welcomed into many of these churches because the way I dressed, the way I spoke, the way I... Um, that my interest, it would have just completely segregated me from the church. But Jesus says, you know what, despite all that, I'm going to bring you into the church and I'm going to use those gifts that you have to glorify my name. Well, and now we are very fortunate to have a church home that is really like, we just, we actually have so much fun going to church and I feel like there are some people when they go to church they're like yeah I, I don't enjoy it at all They, they, most of the people that we talk to who are outside of our church or outside of a church that they enjoy a lot of times you hear stuff like oh the, they, they give you a brief one sentence of here's what the guy talked about I almost fell asleep I was bored I wasn't engaged I wasn't even listening uh, and that really kind of breaks my heart because we do serve a God who's amazing. And like the fact that there are churches who just, you know, don't don't hold the interest of their, their congregation. That's 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 hard, right? Like that's hard to understand. But yeah, that's interesting. Well, and in this instance, you have church growth from. What would have been an unexpected source? I mean, yeah. the the Jewish people, they had set themselves apart from the other cultures around them pretty much since their inception, if I'm understanding things correctly. Yeah, basically. Because Judaism is a monotheistic religion. They believe that they have one God. They set that out in Deuteronomy where they say, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Yeah. And looking at the cultures that would have been around them at this time, the larger cultures of the Egyptians, of Babylon, of these other major epicenters of trade and culture, they would have been very uh, polytheistic. So they had many different deities. And in a polytheistic religion, a lot of times, if you want one thing, you pray for the God of that one thing, right? So if you're trying to have children you would pray to a god of fertility um whereas in the in our faith the god that we serve is the god over everything so we pray to one god for overall situation 
But I think culturally that does help us probably look within the framework to see why there was initially such division between the believers who had come from a Jewish background and then those who were of the Gentile or Greek background. Yes, definitely. Um, was there anything else in this in this chapter you wanted to point out or look into? Just I know you said there was a piece of trivia. Uh, oh that yes. You okay. <laughs> so my my little piece of trivia here comes from verse twenty five and twenty six. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. Here's our trivia. You ready? The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. That's interesting because through most of Scripture, I don't think they really call them. They call them believers. They call them brothers and sisters. I've never heard of too many places where they call them Christians. Well, and um, um, they would also call them people of the way, way with a capital W. Yeah. It's because initially the term Christian was actually used as almost like an insult. It means little Christ. Yeah, or and it eventually became like Christ-like to be, and then they, that's kind of where it came from because you're living like Christ. So I want to say initially the term was one more of mockery. Like, oh, you want to be like Christ. But now we've taken that and it's kind of our badge and our standard of like, yes, yes, we do want to be more Christ-like. Now, hopefully we could actually take that and not just wear the, wear the badge and wear the title, but actually live Christ-like. Uh, obviously, we're not going to be perfect, but when we can live Christ-like, then Christ will be glorified in the world that we live in because we're seeing examples of him on earth. And one thing that we really strive to do here with Beautiful Feet Entertainment is to take the word of God and be able to make it applicable to our lives today. Yes. And I think, again, our, our big kind of takeaway this week is the simple idea of the people that you see that, you know, maybe don't fit in with your group or your clique. Uh, do we still look at them as, you know, uh, as sons and daughters of God, as uh, made in God's image? And do we treat them with that same respect outside of the church walls? Because I could honestly, I'm going to be honest and say inside church walls, you know, and outside church walls, a lot of times you see different behaviors from from people you wouldn't expect it from. You know what I mean? Well, and there are some times where you might be around a person and you might feel uncomfortable. And I feel like that is a natural reaction. Mm -hmm. But a part of being able to spread Christ's love is, is to just know, like, obviously... If there's someone and you feel like, okay, this situation is unsafe, then maybe that's not the appropriate moment. But if, no, they're, if they're like not posing a threat or an imminent danger to you, then yes, you need, you need to be friendly and approachable. Yeah. I mean, obviously look out for your safety and the safety of those around you. Um, but if you have the opportunity to speak life into somebody or to pray for somebody... 
seize that opportunity, you know, because one, it's gonna, it's gonna really pay you back in a, in a way that you never expected. And two, it's gonna bless that person. They're gonna know that somebody cares for them, uh, you know. Well, and it's good to have discernment as well. And honestly, like, I feel like it doesn't have to be scary to, to reach out and truly show people that you care about them. Sometimes it could be like, hey, if you know someone who has a family member who might be going through a hard time, you could be like, oh, so how's your cousin or your sister or your brother? Like, how are they doing? Like, because people, they want people like to talk. And if you listen, they will tell you about their life. And the important part that shows that we listen and we're caring is the next time we see that individual is to kind of ask, like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Get a little bit of follow-up, you know? Yes. And is there anything else we needed to attach to this chapter? Um, well, let me... Because that, that does seem to be a lot of the chapter. I feel like the good... Like, the opening portion of this chapter is really just a reiteration of Paul's vision from... Or, Peter, I keep doing that. Peter's vision from chapter 10... Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it is the fact that, okay, once this vision has been explained, that's the justification for him being with, pardon me, the Gentiles. Because after that, like once they've had that explanation. You start to see the, the gospel be reached out to the Gentiles. And you you see not only the gospel spreading, but you also see praise taking place. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to go ahead, we're going to basically end it there. It's a little bit shorter of a, um, of a Bible study, but it's kind of a straightforward chapter, so there's not a whole lot to dig into. Um, but, oh, go uh, ahead. sorry, go ahead. Next week, we'll be digging into chapter 12. Yes, and, and we're getting into the point of Acts where we're almost halfway through, there's only 28, 29 chapters. So we're getting to that sweet halfway point, which is cool. Um, it's going to be good. Um, earlier in the episode, we were speaking about our prayer requests and about my promotion and things of that nature. So I you know, ask that you just partner with us in prayer. Uh, if you have any prayer requests, please feel free to reach out to us at BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com as well as uh, Beautiful Feet Entertainment on Instagram and Twitter. And we'll, I, you know, I have, I'm so, I'm very, uh, I'm willing to speak with you, willing to talk with you about whatever you need. Um, yeah, just, so, any other comments before I go ahead and pray? Um, just that, again, we have had people reaching out to us where they want us to be a part of their podcast. And if you would like us to be able to um, contribute to what it is that you are creating, again, feel free to let us know. And, we can work on collaboration. Work on a schedule. Yeah, we would love to do that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and close us in prayer. And we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Um, Father God, I thank you for this day, this week that we've had. And the simple fact that you had a plan from the very beginning to not just reach the Jewish community, but also um, the, quote, the the Gentiles, those who are not within that, that history. I pray, God, that... Thank you that you are willing to open that door for us. I thank you that you are willing to to give us salvation and love and grace and fill us with your Holy Spirit. I just pray that for the listeners here, 
that they would also, uh, you know, just be open to your word and to who Jesus is. And when that time comes, that they would be open to receiving the Holy Spirit and starting this new life with you, Jesus, um, to wear that title or that badge of a Christian and follow Jesus to be Christ-like. I pray for my promotion. I just pray, God, that if this is your will, that you would um, really just open these doors. I see them starting to open already, but I just continue to uh, put that into prayer. I just pray, God, that you would just continue to bring blessings on um, our lives so that we can bless others, so that we can reach out to our communities and, and really just show Christ's love to our community. And we pray this in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to go ahead and end it there. Have a great week. We'll see you, know, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Beautiful Feet Podcast, a partnership of BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Please feel free to follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment. Please visit BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com and do not forget to like, share, and subscribe.